Hello, podcast world. Welcome to Vicarious Living, a show about a couple Midwest dudes breaking down all the beauty that is teen drama TV. shit early and often give her shit vicarious living podcast on instagram and vicarious living pod at gmail.com way to go nice job by you thank you um tonight episode 16 and 17 of one tree hill i think we got two or three one tree hill pods left in us so we're gonna wrap this up button it up all of season one and then probably go back to a movie you said you like the movie i kind of like that yeah, I like the movie. A little mix-up. You thinking, what were some of the ones we threw out? We did um, 10 Things I Hate About You. I think we got to do 10 Things I Hate About You. Yeah, I kind of want to do that one, um, but I like I like the idea of just you watch one thing and it's a whole new subject matter. So as we were in our pre-production meeting tonight, we were kind of thinking maybe we'd, we'd do that structure more often where we lighten the load on the breakdowns of the tv shows keep it to like five podcasts per season and then pepper more movies in keep ourselves ultimate freshness gotta stay fresh it's yeah a little peek behind the curtains yeah big business meeting yeah so big business meeting but it's back to business tonight on this episode it's time to pay the bills pat get back to business oth our bread and butter teen drama tv this episode starts off, uh, first one, episode 16, the first cut is the deepest, which also known as, in my opinion, the Sheryl Crow episode. Yeah, it's gotta be, gotta be called the Sheryl Crow episode. I didn't realize uh, until I was reading about like fun facts uh, and trivia on OTH, but they name most of their episodes after songs. So because Sheryl Crow makes a cameo in this one, they name it the first cut is the deepest. That's a great song, by the way. Yeah, we'll get to Obviously, that. Obviously, I have to get to it and dig into it. but We'll get to that at the end of this episode. So this one starts off uh, a ruthless stare-down, slow-motion stare-down, between Brooke and Peyton. If you recall, just to get ourselves caught back up from the last episode, essentially Peyton and Lucas were just hooking up and cheating on Brooke. And now mm, it's yeah. the fallout, the aftermath. What do you think about Brooke being all salty about this? I think it's fair. I think it's totally fair. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> I think I think they should like they should give her at least a like a month long cooldown period before they even try to reengage with the friendship. Yeah, it's kind of one of those things though too, where if you're in Peyton or Lucas's shoes, when you fuck up like this, you know that person needs a cooldown period. But at the end of the day, it's like if you just let them cool down and don't even make an effort. It looks like you don't give a fuck, right? <laughs> so it's like you gotta you gotta constantly be like, yeah, I guess it I'm is sorry. dangerous territory. Like, just checking in, just to let you know, I'll fuck off real quick. Just to let you know, feel still bad. Fuck me. I feel bad about it, and I still want to be friends. So I'll let you keep cooling down. But, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's always like Peyton's trying to rush this in, like. Listen, I'm still your best friend. You're my best friend. Let's be friends. She's like, could you please get out of my face? Well, it's like, and I are think we it's best friends? I because think, you just hooked up with my boyfriend. I think it's totally justified. So um, another thing that's happening here is that uh, Jake Jagelski really getting himself in the fucking mix. Yeah, he's coming in hot. So he, I guess one of the plot points in this is he's going to a wedding like an hour away. Mm-hmm. And he asks Peyton to babysit his daughter while he's gone. Yeah. I was watching this episode with Anna from HR, and she said her quote when she saw that was, I would never let Peyton watch my daughter. <laughs> Peyton only cares about Peyton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pey- Peyton, I mean, honestly, Peyton does only care about Peyton, even back to her previous point about her betraying her best friend. And she's kind of more worried about getting back in her best friend's good graces instead of Brooke's feelings. Yeah. It's more of like a, 
Oh shit, I fucked up. All right. Um, let me try and undo this. Let me undo this. Yeah. Like me again. Like me again. I think the what what's really interesting about this with Peyton though is that Jake Jagelski and her they are like editing this to where something is like percolating. Yeah, there's a little brew happening. It's a brew house and it's a real slow <clears throat> brew house. There's a moment when he asks her to babysit and it's very clear that he's there's gonna be no money involved. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> and Fuck that. She makes a joke. Uh, she's like, "All right, what's the pay?" And uh, he's like. <laughs> Uh, None. And, and like to my point, it's like she probably she's in high school. Like a free babysitting gig is not really. She should be getting paid. She should be getting paid a little something. Uh, and where I just feel like Jake Jagelski's parents are really letting me down because like, look, if my kid's gonna have unprotected sex at sixteen and a half and sire a child out of it, I'm gonna help him out a little bit. I'm not gonna be happy about it, obviously. Because of the teen pregnancy drama with my son. Well, yeah. But I'm probably going to float him 20 bucks. For the babysitter? Yeah. At least. What did, what's the going rate on babysitting? Uh, I 20 don't bucks know, an hour? Maybe, I think like, it's higher than, like, you know, minimum wage jobs. So, like... 20 bucks an hour sounds right. Whatever it is, he's got to... His parents got to, like, step up to the plate. Um, the other thing going on is Lucas is coming back from a torn rotator cuff injury, shoulder injury. It's a tough one, especially shooting hoops. <laughs> so I actually, it's funny because like at the end of one of these episodes that Nathan gives some like fucked up horrible advice of just like, dude, you just got to like fight through the pain, man. And like, here's how you get over your injury. You just, like, start playing basketball again, and it's going to be super painful, but eventually, the pain, it just goes away. Seems like bad advice. I just fucked it. I had nerve damage in my shoulder this year, and I play basketball all the time, and I would say it took me a solid, like, five months of rehab to get my shoulder able to, like, lift it to shoot a basketball again. So, it... It's just bad advice simply because it doesn't fucking work like that. When you lose all the muscle mass in your shoulder... You can't play through the pain? No, your, your, your arm won't lift. You have to like build the muscle back up so that you can physically lift your arm over your shoulder again. So there's no just like... It, it's not like he's got a bruise and he's just got to like, you know... Oh, it's tough lifting my arm up to shoot my J. It, dude, we need to get a doctor on here to like science <laughs> through that shit. But... I do want to put a clip in of this because everyone's telling Lucas essentially to just like fuck off because he's like trying to get back out onto the hardwood and he's like, dude, man, I just want to get out there with my team, man. And then there's this clip. You sure you should be pushing yourself so hard, man? I thought you were supposed to be in physical therapy. Look, all they let me do is stretch right now. Now I figured I get back in here, I build up some muscle, be back in shape twice as fast. Or risk messing yourself up for good. Whose side you on anyway, huh? It's basically like this. Like, Lucas, you literally died like three weeks ago. Yeah. Let's take it easy, man. <laughs> I was also thinking about how funny would this be because I, as I was like going through when I just had my shoulder issue trying to play basketball at 31. Let's do, let's do a hypothetical role play of me at 31 trying to get back out there. <laughs> and you be, you be like, who do you want? Do you want to be... I'll be like somebody from work. Hey man, you still uh, you still playing basketball on Fridays? Yeah, dude, I just fucked up my shoulder. I like seriously fucked it up, so like it's impacting everything in oh, my life. Oh, that but... sucks. How did you mess it up? Just like kind of a bad play, falling funny? No, I actually just slept on it weird. Really? I got pinched nerve in my shoulder just because of how I slept. Yeah, getting old. We're but dude, old. I don't even care. Like I'm doing all this like rehab right now and I'm ready. I'm ready to get the fuck back out there, dude. Cool. I mean, it just happened a week ago, but like I'm going to get back out there for is my it, boys. Is it still pretty tender? Still sore? I physically can't lift my shoulder, but I'll work through it. I can actually see it. It's kind of dangling off the bone there. It bit. doesn't matter, dude. I It's for the team. I do it for the team. I got to get out there for my boys. Nothing's going to keep uh, me. They're going to be pretty disappointed if you don't show up. Everyone will notice, dude. I just, I gotta get back out there. If it hurts so bad, why don't you just give it a little bit? Like, maybe a week or two. Have you seen a doctor? Dude, you don't understand. This is for the team. This is for the I don't, team. I guess I'm a little confused because you're 31. Who gives a shit? 
What do you mean? Is it like an exercise thing? No, I just need to get out. But we got to get the we got a championship to win. Oh, what's your record? We're zero and ten. <laughs> With you on the team, you're zero and ten. There's nowhere left to go. <laughs> I just thought it was funny because it is hilarious now looking back on that and being like, why do you care so much? <laughs> why do you give any shits? Yeah, I mean, because like, it's you, not like why do you care at all? He's not like gonna go play off in college or like this to where this is ever gonna be like a job for him. That's one of the things in this show. Is it assumed that they're good enough that they might get college scholarships, like D one schools, or is it just like they're just average high school basketball players? I think for Nathan, it's legitimately like he. Everyone thinks he could be in the NBA one day, which is weird because he's so white. <laughs> so, well, I guess it kind of has the vibe that Lucas is as good, if not slightly better, than Nathan. That eventually shifts because I, I don't understand that. I, I think it's because I know too much about like just looking at Lucas and could never suspend my disbelief that he's better than Nathan at basketball. But yeah, you're right. They do kind of play it like they're at least equal. But, anyways, Lucas, he's all upset. So. Everyone's telling him he can't play basketball anymore and all this stuff. So he's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go blow off some steam and I'm going to go to the bar. A lot happens at this bar. One, he meets the, like, at this point, I know she develops into something else later. But at this point, to us as viewers, she's just this, like, random girl doing weird fire tricks. Yeah. I was she's gonna... all about these weird fire-based bar tricks that I've never even seen of. And they're not impressive at all. It was almost like, I know we've talked about this a lot on this pod, but it was almost like she read the book, The Game Mystery. <laughs> yeah. Because she was using all of the tactics that he uses as a guy trying to pick up a girl that's out of his league. Except the difference is, is that this like 28-year-old at the bar is using it to pick up a 16-year-old who had a fake ID. Uh-huh. And yeah. has a broken collarbone. Lucas is just in this bar... Just trying to brood. Yeah. By himself. Yeah. And I guess, yeah, she's way older and she's just, she sends him a drink, which by the way, just never happens. It's ever. never happened to me. I've never sent anyone a drink. I've never known anyone who's sent anyone a drink. I've never been sent a drink or known anyone who's had a drink sent to them. But Does this happen? I, well, it doesn't happen to us and I really don't think it's. It happens much on the girl sending a guy <laughs> yeah. a drink. So Just, she sends him a drink, and then he like comes over to thank her and introduce himself. And she's like, "Hey, what she do? Oh, she pours like, she pours her drink me, on yeah. the table, and she's like, want to see me get all this liquid back in the glass? Yeah, she has this <laughs> without, magic without touching it. And he's like, uh, <laughs> no, but I guess you're gonna fucking do it anyway. So let's <laughs> see it. And then she does this like weird like lame like your science teacher would do experiment essentially where she lights a match and, yeah and put the match inside and turns the glass upside down and the liquor like bubbles up into the glass she's got this weird magic trick thing that she's trying to pull off to get the 16 year old and i was just i just kept thinking like how pissed i would be if i was the bartender like, i'm just watching this this clear psychopath like, hey, sitting at the bar trying to get with a 16-year-old. Hey, pedophile, could you stop pouring liquor onto the bar and lighting matches? Yeah, I'm like, you have open flames, lady. Like, you have open flames and flammable li like liquor just all over the place. Like, tone it down a notch. Just drink the drink I pour you and give you and fuck <laughs> off with these magic tricks, lady. So... It was so fucking weird, but anyways, this girl, she's just like, she seems to have some massive psychological damage going on inside of her head. She then takes him away from the bar. They go to some, like, shut-down carnival? <laughs> no, they're in a mall. They're in, like, a mall after hours. Okay. Because she takes him onto the carousel, like, right next to the Dillard's. Oh. <laughs> Dillard's in the background. Okay. And they just start hooking up on this carousel when the mall is, like, out of business hours. Yeah. Uh, a lot she's of... got the keys because she used to work at the mall. I mean, no brag, but she's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, brag. Got, yeah I got the keys. Fucking still, still got the keys. This place is ours. Like, yeah, the mall? 
<laughs> cool. A lot of uh, going <laughs> to the cool, mall. Dude. A lot of going to the mall once the mall hours like are closed for the day in these teen dramas. Yeah, that is a, a constant trope. But she did. I want to put a clip in here of something that she does say that just had me cracking up. Here it is. Yeah, you said you work there. What if we get busted? What if the ground opens up and swallows us? What if Mars attacks? You can't worry about all the what ifs in life. So, relax and enjoy the ride. What? <laughs> <laughs> How is that ever a response? It reminded me so much of that SNL clip with Will Ferrell where uh, he's wearing, he comes into the office with Sean William Scott and he's wearing a Speedo. (laughs) And uh, they're they're like, why do you have a Speedo on? Like he's, you know, I'll just play the clip. Here it is. But for the love of God, (laughs) why are those shorts so short? Why are long pants long? Why are bushes bushy? I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, if we're going to get in that area, we're going to be here all day, you know? Am I missing something? Am I missing something? Do you not want me to be patriotic? His response is exactly what I wish Lucas would have done. Like, just start going like, why are bushes bushy? Why are long pants long? I mean, if we're going to be doing this, we're going to be here all night. I wish Lucas would have said that to her with all those what ifs. Like, his his question was reasonable. Completely reasonable. I'm sure there's at least three security guards just patrolling the mall. They turn on the carousel next to the Dillards and start fucking on it. There's a lot. Somebody could, might notice. There's a lot that could go wrong. The way that she's treating it is like he's asking some innocuous question that, and it's like, no, that's fair. That's a fair question, you crazy psycho lady. Her whole thing. And so I'm gonna obviously right now. I have to spoil the end of this episode if you don't mind. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I'm gonna just quickly flash forward to the very end of this episode where we find out that she is, in fact, Jake Jagelski's baby mama. Right, which where I was actually happy to see because I was like, the whole episode, I'm like, who is this fucking chick? Why is she here? And like, why are they making this? This seems like such a throwaway character and episode. And then at the end, yeah, she just shows up at Jake Jagelski's door and she's <clears throat> like, what's up? So it just it ties in perfectly with her, like, no worries, nothing matters, quit worrying, <laughs> quit being concerned about stuff vibe. It's like, yeah, you pretty much just had a kid and pieced out of town. Yeah. She's a bad human being. So it fits. Yeah, it fits. So She's like, a psychopath, and now now we understand, because we, we kept asking those questions the whole time, <clears> like, who, what mom would just, like, I want, bounce? I wanted that to, like, to be her third thing. What'd you say? She says, why, what if Mars attacks? What yeah. was the second one? Um, what if, like, you fall into a sinkhole? What if a yeah. sinkhole opens well, up like, and everyone falls into it? Chill out, dude. What if Mars attacks? What if you fall in a sinkhole? What if you literally have a child and then you just completely abandon it? None of these things matter. Right. Yeah, that's her take on life. Uh, she's so gross, dude. I, I she's just, so gross. She's so gross. Like, her personality sucks, and I'm just, like, not a fan of her looks either. She's got this vibe of, like, that the girlfriend in uh, The Waterboy. Do you remember her? <laughs> yeah. I don't like this super pale... Vicky Valancourt? Yeah, yeah. She reminds me of Vicky Valancourt. I don't like the really plump lips with, like, really dark lipstick super pale skin, and then, like, jet black hair. You don't like a plump lip? Not that plump. Like, I like good, soft, pillowy lips. Mm, Like a medium plump. Like a medium plump level, but that was a little too aggressive for me. And, yeah, it's mostly just, like, because she's so pale, too. I mean, no offense to the pale kids out there, but Mm -hmm. I didn't like that. Shots fired on her. No offense, though, like I said. I also want to give some shots to fucking... uh, Lucas in this entire episode because I just wrote down Lucas needs to call Michael Jordan because he had insane bacon neck going on. Oh shit, that sucks for him. Yeah, Haynes, dude. Now, now while we're uh, riffing on Lucas's looks, yeah. The other thing I noticed is that 
like his buzz has grown out a little too long. Like he's in a weird transition period where he like needs to buzz it back. Like the, the long buzz looked cool for a couple episodes. Yeah. And now he's in this weird zone where he either needs to buzz it back or like get a haircut. It's just a buzz that's growing over his ears. It, it looks pretty bad. It looks pretty bad. And it's kind of like got that Ryan Atwood thing going on now to where the makeup lady was probably not minding her job at all in One Tree Hill at the beginning. And mm-hmm. now it's turning into like a nightmare because <laughs> she has to make sure his hair is spiked out in just the right way. I mean, the amount of gel that has to go into Chad Michael Murray's hair now in every episode, it's got to be daunting. If you're that makeup lady, because it's, whole tub. Ev- it's probably a whole tub, it's a whole tub of lube. It's a whole tub of hair lube that's got to get every single like group of 10 hair strands completely jutting out in different directions all over the place. It's a weird. Yeah, it's a weird hairstyle. Um, I can't wait till it gets fixed. So they seemingly have sex on a carousel in yeah. a mall. Uh, it's fucking grimy. Um, then they're having conversation afterwards. She asked for Tabasco sauce. So he's yeah. like looking for Tabasco sauce and he comes back with it and she just leaves. Yeah, she, she's, I think she's frightening. They're, they're, yeah, <laughs> mid conversation, she just bounces. But I, I think they're trying to set it up that, like, oh, wait a second, this girl just leaves all the time unannounced. Now looking back, now that we know it's Jake Jagelski's, the mother of his kid, and she just bounced, like, He's trying to make us understand. Right. Is she just bounces without any warning? It's like, yeah, I want to do this thing, uh, this impromptu, like crazy fun thing, and then just as quick and impromptu that I'm gonna do that thing, I'm gonna bounce from that thing. Are we assuming that, um, like, she did a very similar thing with Jukowski? Like, they probably weren't dating for a while, right? It was just kind of like a one or two time hookup. Yeah, she probably actually had sex with them on that same merry-go-round. I think you're probably right. Should we go ahead and assume that Jake Jacowski's daughter was conceived on the merry-go-round next to Dillard's? Probably, and there's probably also like a ton of jizz on that fucking merry-go-round, dude, from high schoolers. I'd be upset if I was on the cleaning crew, just cleaning up a bunch of high school... Off the zebra? Yeah. And the lion? Fuck. You're right. Other thing going on, we should just mention, because this is a big storyline that's starting to percolate, is Dan buys up Keith's body shop. Horrible business decision by Keith. Well, was it? Well, okay, so just to give a little bit of context about it. He was in a financial jam because he paid, well, he paid Lucas's medical bills Mm -hmm. after the car crash because he felt guilty that he had one and a half beers. Yeah, and then somebody else, <laughs> somebody else t-boned him. So understandable, he he wanted that off his conscience, so he wanted to help out, and he pays the medical bills, and this puts him in tough financial straits, which we won't get too much into it. But it, I don't really know how this would all work because I've never been in a, a like a crash where I got injured. But I'm assuming whose ever fault it was, their insurance would pay your medical bills. Yeah, is that how that works? I would assume. And at the very least, if you had... Karen probably has her own insurance. Yeah, but so, they, they made some side like some side comment that like she had shoddy insurance. And it oh, because she's a it. small business owner. Yeah. She probably pays for her own. Something like that. Like, I wasn't going to cover it. It was an offhand comment that was just like, oh, okay, I guess that explains the ins- insurance issue. But yes, it is not covered on how that was completely not Keith's fault. So why was the other driver not paying for some shit? So we won't go too deep into those, into that minutiae because if we start to uncover things in this show, we're we're gonna get lost. Yeah, <laughs> we get lost in the woods. Anyways, so Keith is low on cash and he's planning on selling his auto shop business to pay these bills. I guess. Yeah, and so Dan buys it. And the whole premise that Dan says is like, oh, buy it from me. That way you don't have to sell it to someone you don't know or whatever. I'll, I'll stay out of your hair. I'll just treat it as a business opportunity. And then it, you'll just treat it as a loan. You just pay it off over time once you're profitable again. You pay me back. Once you're completely out of the red and we're all square, then I'll bounce and you'll have it back. If you had a good brother, yeah, that sounds like a fucking awesome idea. But Dan? Full on? No. But his dad's got as a brother. So I obviously have to throw you a quick would you rather. Yeah. Would you rather 
go into business with Dan Scott or Jimmy Cooper? <laughs> That's tough because in, in both scenarios, I am completely losing. Well, I think I would say I would rather go into business with Dan because at least there's a possibility that I do still get my money back. Dan's making his life miserable. Like he's he's changed the name of it to Dan's like service, whatever. He's Annex. doing it as a total power trip. Yeah, and but he's like the thing I will say though is that Dan's putting a lot of money actually into it. Like Keith's shop was super outdated. Right. And so Dan came in and he like bought all new equipment. He brought in more staff. He like staffed it up so they could take on more business. And he's like trying to like turn the business from like some bullshit like shop into like a real auto body service station sitch (laughs) kind of thing so i gotta say dan because at least he's making the right business decisions even though keith's life is now miserable jimmy cooper would do none of that he'd just swindle all of your money away from you and then put it into some really shitty stocks and then lose it all (laughs) so he's not making any business better he's just losing all your money really fast and then confused okay that's a good answer yeah um, okay, let's go to, um, let's end episode 16 with a song slash clip. Actually, real quick before we do this, I just have a question for you. Yeah. There's a scene where Lucas talks to Whitey for a while, I think. Oh, out, out on the porch, obviously, it's a terrible scene because uh, Whitey's involved, so we won't go too much into it. I think I'm literally just, I'm, I'm not even writing the Whitey notes down anymore because I'm just, like, mentally checking out every time he comes on the fucking screen. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> That's why I don't have this written down. But the question is, was Whitey dipping? Mm. I'm pretty sure Whitey was dipping during the scene. And does he dip? I don't know. It just, it looks like he's always got, like, spit and shit regurgitating like throughout his mouth like so he could have had dip in or it could just be like his old man saliva that's just collecting everywhere like dude he is yeah i feel like every time he's on screen i'm like clear your fucking mouth out you old senile man (laughs) clear your mouth out dude spit it out uh the other thing i wanted to talk to you about like, it, it's actually towards the beginning of this episode, but if you remember, Dan basically saves Lucas's life. He pulls him out of the car and rushes him to the hospital. Hero and man. you're like, shit, is Dan turning the corner? Like, that was actually a cool thing to do. Very first thing you see him do in this episode is pretty much throw that in Luke's face. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, he, Dan can pretty much just ruin anything. Yeah, Dan. Goes, he, he pulls the line like, aren't you going to say thanks for me saving your life? <laughs> yeah. Even when he's trying to turn over a new leaf, and I put that in air quotes because he said it at least 10 times in this episode, like to Keith and everyone, like, good, can a guy turn over a new leaf? It's so clear. You have self-serving motivation still. No matter what you do, it's like you save Lucas's life, but it's almost like you were thinking, if I save his life, I can get something personally out of this. Yes. If I buy Keith's business, I can get something out of this. He's never actually doing anything out of the goodness of his heart. He he is essentially the worst character guy. It's safe to say that both sides of Dan's leaf are really dirty. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Filthy fucking sides of those Dan. He can turn it over leaves. as much as he wants, but either way. It's filthy. It's filthy fucking leaf. Um, okay, so the end of this episode ends with a clip and a song, and we started out this pod by saying this was the Cheryl Crow episode. Fitting because of this final quintuple montage that this song is playing in. I would have given you all of my heart But there's someone who's torn it apart First cut is the deepest. Strong song. Really good song. I just want to say that first and foremost. The weird thing about when this song is playing is how it started playing. So Cheryl Crow <laughs> just shows up into uh, Karen's cafe. And she asks Haley for a cup of coffee who's behind the counter. What would you do in that situation if you're 
a big celebrity musician walked in and asked you for a cup of coffee. I would give Cheryl Crow a free cup of coffee. I'd give her a free pot of coffee. Just be like, so good to meet you. On Here's the some house. coffee. Good luck on your concert. Big fan. Yeah, on the house. Like, I, by the way, before this, Haley's been trying to buy tickets to this concert. She's like a super fan of Cheryl Crow. Yeah, so I thought it was gonna go like Cheryl Crow was gonna walk in, and then she's like, Haley's like, oh man, I really wanted to get uh, tickets to your show, but I couldn't. And then she goes, Oh, I'm here. I'll get you in there backstage. It Thanks. was after the show. Show had already happened. Oh, because Haley's plan was she was gonna scalp tickets before it, but the tickets that she got were like bunk. Oh, okay. So then Cheryl Crow goes in there, and then Haley, what Haley says is, you know what? I'll give you a cup of coffee, but one song per cup. So you got two people here looking for cups of Joe. You only get those by playing two songs. They better be hits and originals, too. So then Cheryl Crow just pulls out a guitar and starts singing the first cut as the deepest for a, cup, for a like, dollar cup of coffee. Yeah, sure. Why not? This is how that would actually go. You, uh, you be Haley. I'll be Cheryl Crow. Okay. Hey, Cheryl Crow. Hey, uh, hey how's it going? Uh, can I get two cups of coffee, please? Um, yeah, but I can give you those cups of coffee, Cheryl Crow? But I'm going to need you to put a little sweat equity out here. Oh, what do you mean? So I'm thinking like a cup of coffee is what? Like 97 cents per cup? Mm-hmm. Why don't you get down on your hands and knees, bitch, and start fucking playing that guitar? Oh, shoot. I knew you were going to say something like that. I literally just played like a two and a half hour concert. I'm exhausted. I it's don't like care. It's like 11. I'll put, can I just give you, I'll give you $100 for this coffee. I just want to go. Now, now, Cheryl Crow, ask me how many fucks I give on how you just played a full concert. How many fucks? None fucks, <laughs> Cheryl Crow. So, uh, like I said, get down on your hands and knees. It's going to be hard to play a guitar on your hands and knees, but I don't care. You're going to fucking do it. Get down there and play the new hit single, The First Cut Is The Deepest. Okay, I'll just follow just go to Starbucks. Have a good night. Okay, good night. Yeah, yeah, Haley was really out of control in that moment. So fuck Haley for doing that. By the way, when she plays that song, it kicks off. Are you ready for this? Quintuple montage. Fucking, yeah. I was going to say hexagonal montage. Oh, there's six, six? of them. Oh, oh. There's six five. of them. Well, it's five. I'm loving that you also counted because <laughs> it was a fucking montage city. Uh, I think the most we ever saw before this was a quadruple montage, which is a lot. Yeah. This, if you include Haley and Nathan, like sitting there, like kind of snuggling, watching her play at six. But if you don't include that, I wasn't including that, but yeah, that's right. So it's basically, she's playing first cut in the deepest. Nathan is, uh, watching with Haley. Yeah. They're just like watching. And then Deb and Dan, like, get the emancipation papers from Nathan, and they're, like, together, and it's kind of sad. Yeah, that's important to know. We didn't bring that up. Nathan has uh, filed for a petition for emancipation because both of his parents are just fucked beyond repair. That's a sad one. Brooke is in bed. She's sad. Um, Lucas just checks the webcam to see what Peyton's up to, and she had closed it down, finally. (laughs) (laughs) So that's, like, another somber one. And then Peyton's, like, kind of reflective. She's just drawing. And then Jake Jakowski, 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 Jakowski sees the picture that Peyton drew of his baby. So there's all like same song, and happy, then, sad, reflective, pensive, all these different emotions happening. And then it ends with that's when we see Nikki. She shows up to the door on the Jake Jakowski portion of that montage, looking at the Peyton drawing and starting to catch some feels for her. Yeah. And then Nikki, the mom, shows up. A.K.A. Vicky Valancourt, plump lips and off, like, what's up, bitch? I'm here to check in on my, my nine-month-old daughter that I completely I was say, abandoned. So, so far, six is the record of montage cuts. We'll keep tabs on uh, if we ever get a seven, whatever that uh, shape is called. <laughs> By the way, I have to bring this up while we're talking about Cheryl Crow. It, wasn't she married to... Uh, Lance Armstrong. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. I wonder what that sex was like. Probably vigorous. Yeah. He's got a lot of stamina. Yeah. He's got a ton of stamina, but he's also got like one ball. So you'd think like maybe there's like some, some like opposing forces happening there, you know? 
extra, extra performance-enhancing drug <clears throat> stamina, but then on the flip side, like, low ball count. Would you would you get a fake ball put in? Oh, yeah. Do they do that? Probs. Just to kind of get, get your balance back? I mean, I wouldn't want to be walking around with one. Yeah, probably throw off my, like, balance, and I don't know, like... Because your, like, your one ball would, I guess, it would just kind of hide behind your wiener. So just the symmetry wouldn't be there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. It's good. That's a good transition into episode 17. Yeah. So perfect transition into episode 17, Spirit in the Night. Um, This one, the first one is essentially just a Sheryl Crow episode. And this one is a homage to Bring It On. Yeah. The cheerleading movie. I didn't pick that up. <laughs> basically, half of the plot is driven by like a cheer cheerleader rivalry happening. Yeah, so this is an away game. I where cared so much about it. I can't, I know. I didn't honestly. Dude, the, I was fascinated. I I couldn't have given less of a fuck about this like one off like let's fill one episode with a cheer off like competition. I gave no fucks. I honestly think the biggest reason they did that whole storyline was to simply get Haley in the mix as a cheerleader. Yeah, they just wanted to get her in a cheerleading uniform. Yeah, I think they wanted to get her more involved with the team because the girls, the main girls are involved and like the guys are obviously involved and they're still shoving Whitey down her fucking throat. So everyone cares about this team. They had to get Haley in the mix like somehow. So it was like... Oh, this girl on the cheer team, she got chicken pox, and we have no one to fill in. We're going to have to scrap the cheer show. And then it's like, oh, wait a second. Haley's got two legs. She can just all of a sudden jump into this cheer competition. Easy. So they throw her in the mix. Um, the other thing going on is Whitey's got this like great advice of he wants to keep Lucas like involved in the team, even though he's hurt and not playing. So he's like, you're going to be... Nathan's mentor like coach him up on like what he's not good at and stuff and I had some massive basketball nitpicks with with this episode dude like I figured you would it it was brutal like so essentially the only thing that Lucas has to teach Nathan on is how to shoot a fadeaway well it was Whitey set it up he said now that Lucas is hurt Nathan's been getting a lot more double teams and doesn't <laughs> so like I don't know if this makes basketball sense either, uh, but he said he's having trouble getting to the basket or something. And he said, Lucas, you know how to create off the dribble. Teach him. I that the part about if you're getting double teamed, like you need to understand like how to get out of that double team. That makes sense, but you wouldn't say like, hey, just absorb the double team and just still figure out a way to create your own shot. <laughs> so instead of like going but, to the basket... Uh, not knowing much about basketball, if you get double teamed, you pass it, right? You pass it to the open guy. You so, don't do a fadeaway? No. If, if, <laughs> how about you like Whitey, you idiot? How about you structure an offense to where it's like, okay, if you know the double team is coming, give the ball to Nathan, draw that double team, and then structure the offense to where there's like back cuts to the basket... And like a lot of like fluid motion to where he can pass out of that double team and get a really good easy two points from one of his teammates. He's making it seem like Nathan getting double teamed is a horrible thing. It's seemingly that's a good strategic advantage if one of your players gets. I would love it whenever my teams would like the teams that I'm watching on TV, like when KG would get double teamed, it was awesome because you knew like perfect. Now the the defense is in a vulnerable position and they're covering four guys with three guys. And so it's easy to get two points because you got a lot of the uh, attention on one guy. So it was weird to me that like how the showrunners decided that they're going to solve this issue is that Lucas, he's really good at a fadeaway. And so Nathan's main game of going to the hoop is now eliminated. So he's got to be taught how to shoot a fadeaway from Lucas. Weak. Weak. It's weak fucking sauce, dude. Weak basketball sauce. Um... I got another nitpick. Sure. Was it how, t- uh, while they're in the hotel, Tim just pees in the ice machine? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody seems to care. No, it wasn't that, but it is while they're at the hotel. I was just confused at how the alphabetical system on the teammate rooming situation was working itself out. Right. Okay. So, Lucas and Nathan are forced to room together, obviously. Correct. Because... Scott. Scott. 
That's how it goes. It, it's and better for drama, too. It's better for drama, so perfect. We'll do it alphabetical, so the two Scots are forced to room together and spend time together. They hate each other, so let's do that. Okay. Understood. The cheerleaders are also under Whitey's rule in this situation, right? Whitey is essentially like the voice of authority with everyone involved in the basketball team, the chaperone moms, the fucking cheerleaders, the basketball players. Whitey's in control of everything. Why are Brooke and Peyton rooming together? We've just talked about how it's alphabetical, yet Brooke's last name is Davis and Peyton's last name is Sawyer. It makes (laughs) no sense that they have to room together. Nah, I don't know. That's where the alphabetizing of this room situation completely broke down. And also, you would think there would be also a cheer coach. Like a chaperone for the cheerleader. Or is Whitey also the head of the cheerleader? I think he, like, heads up the cheerleading. Because Brooke is doing all the coaching and, like, she's doing all the, like, dance routine structure and all that. And, yeah, Whitey's just, like, the authority who kind of stays out of Brooke's way and lets her run the show. So, it didn't make any sense... Also, on this alphabetizing nitpick is Jagelski has adjoining rooms with Brooke Davis and Peyton Sawyer. Yeah. And now we're getting J's in the mix. Yeah, now we're getting J's. See, either Whitey doesn't understand the alphabet. That's probably what it is. So he, that's definitely what it is. Whitey understood like, okay, I can break down Scott and Scott because it's the exact same fucking name. So I can get them rooming together. That makes sense. Alphabetizing. Here we go. (laughs) Now, let's see. D... Is probably close to S in the alphabet. So Davis and Sawyer, they should be together. And then J, even though it's completely in the middle, yeah, that's probably close to D and S too. So let's join their rooms. It's fucking ridiculous. God, Whitey sucks. Any other thoughts on that hotel? I did, I did just go right past your uh, thing about Tim peeing in the icebox. Weird move. Weird move. Weird move. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? Not only A, like, weird move, like, where's the humor in that? But B, a clearly, every, like, all the chaperones and stuff know about Tim peeing in the ice machine. He'd be sent home. Like, he wouldn't be playing in the game tomorrow. No. No. Tim would be out. He'd like, probably be suspended from school. I'm also just convinced. Like, oh, Tim. It's he just peed in the hotel ice machine. <laughs> Hilarious. That's classic Tim. <laughs> That's classic. It's also just weird because, like, I don't know. I know we did a lot of stupid shit in high school, but peeing, like, in the hotel icebox, I just can't see that being, you know. Yeah, that's cool. Um, Yeah, so you were mentioning the chaperones with Tim, like, where are they at and all that. Uh, The chaperones are Peyton's dad and Lucas's mom, right? Mm -hmm. So... They decide to, like, get drunk that night, and, like, they're starting to get, like, a little flirt situation going on. Naturally. I was just thinking, like, how weird would that be? Think about it. Put yourself in their shoes. Your dad, we're in high school. We're on the high school basketball team together. You know, we're crushing. We're Mm -hmm. probably undefeated. You and I in the backcourt, probably just sinking Jays like crazy. Anyways, taking it to the rack. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're complimenting off each other pretty well. And so when we go to this away game, uh, your dad decides that he's going to chaperone. Sure. And so is my mom. Okay. And how weird would it be if when the, the trip is over and everyone's just standing in the parking lot waiting to get on the buses, and then you and I are standing next to each other, and we see, as Lucas and Peyton see, their parents grab-assing with each other in the parking lot. How weird would that be? Excuse me, Dad. Uh, could you stop? <laughs> Dad. Uh, excuse me, Mr. H, can you get your hands off my mom's ass? Uh, it's making me feel pretty uncomfortable and weird in my stomach. It's so weird to think about, like, when you put yourself in their shoes, like, watching your mom or dad flirt with another adult. Ew. Yeah, (laughs) it's funny because we're in, like, teen drama mode. So, like, when two single characters are put into, like, the same context, it's natural that there's going to be sexual tension. Yeah. But the odds of two random parents, (laughs) like, trying to get down 
in this hotel room together is just strange. Like I get when it. you when you bring it into real life settings. Yeah. Yes. Like I totally get that. Like I'm sure parents, you know, get horny just as like you know non-parents doing stuff. But at the end of the day, like God damn, watching your parents like get horny like that is just a weird look. Yeah. I mean, grow up. Grow up and focus on chaperoning. <laughs> yeah, oh. we need to we need to have a serious talk with fucking Lucas's mom and Peyton's dad on like growing the fuck up. Okay, you ready for my MCITW? Yeah. This week, it's simple. Going to Lucas. Getting it. <laughs> Lucas is getting it. Lucas fucking sucks, so this week, Lucas... Dude, by the way, like, what? do you like Lucas? Uh, I don't like him. I don't either. Like, I know he's the main guy, but, like, I'm, he rubs me the wrong way. Like, a lot of the time. He's, uh, he's a little smug, maybe? I don't know what it is. Yeah, he is smug. Yeah, I, I get that. He's vibe. got, he's seemingly, he's humorless. He's, he's humor- like, got nut. What's he bringing to the table? Like, I, he's not bringing anything to my table. It's just kind of annoying me. So, this week, Lucas, you're getting it. The MCITW, that is the Maurice Cooper is the worst of the week. Brought to you by Mwicklower. W-I-C-K-L-O-W. Be free and explore. Get all your outdoor gear at wicklowwear.com. Type in the promo code VL. Check out. Get 10% off of your order. VL swag. $30. Baseball tees. We got them. $20 on the VL tanks. Get them, kids, on Instagram. Lucas gets it, dude. And honestly, it's a collection of, you know how your MVP is like, you know, who was churning the most storylines in the episodes, that sort of thing. For me, this was not one single act, although I do have one that I'm going to call out. This was a general, like, just... I hated everything he did in these two episodes. Lucas. Like, he just annoyed the fuck out of me. He's the biggest wet blanket in the fucking world, dude. There was that one scene where, you know, we were talking about Haley's a cheerleader now. They got her in the mix because of the uh, fortuitous chicken pox girl at 18 and a half, which... Odd. That's odd. I mean, anyone I know who had chicken pox had it before their eighth birthday. Or got the vaccine. Or got the vaccine. So, totally (laughs) weird that this girl's just rocking chicken pox in full adulthood. But whatever. So I'm pretty sure she was uh, being wheeled out in a wheelchair as well. Yeah, all I remember. Chickenpox. Uh, yeah, drastic like, measures on like, chickenpox. Jesus Christ! All I remember is you just you have to take weird baths and like that. I never had it. Oh really? Yeah. You might get it, dude. If this shows any indication, you might get it tomorrow. Shit. Uh, so get the wheelchair ready. But um, <laughs> yeah. So Lucas is just such a wet blanket when Haley joins the team she's all excited because it's one of those situations you know when you're like you're putting yourself out there you're in an uncomfortable situation you don't really want to do something say you're you want to go do like stand up you know and that's an uncomfortable thing so you're like all right i'm just gonna do it i'm gonna go out there i'm gonna put myself in an uncomfortable uncomfortable situation because i feel like i'm gonna grow as a human being if i just try new things do something scary i'm gonna do something a little scary and i'll probably grow i'll get a new experience And it'll be less scary when I'm done with it, but I'm going to be a ball of nerves until I do it. That's Haley with cheerleading. Yeah. She's uncomfortable. She doesn't like it. So what what do most people do in those situations? I don't know. They build you up. They, 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 oh, if you're I thought a, you were talking about Haley. I was going to be like, I, she's in ball and air, so I don't know. No, it's like when, when you're doing something uncomfortable, you're vulnerable, and you're like, you're really out on a ledge. What most she, people she needs like, your best friend to be like, you're going to do great. You'll yeah. be fine. Yeah, like, hey, you, even if you go up on that stand-up and you suck ass, you get off stage and everyone's like, you are great. Oh, my God. No, don't worry about it. You did totally awesome. You're totally great. And then as soon as that person walks away, you whisper to your other friend, this fucking sucked. Terrible. Terrible. I've seen so much better stand-up. That's terrible. She can't She can't cheer. She sucks at cheerleading. But you don't say it to her fucking face. Lucas does say it to her face. She comes in and everyone's, like, building her up, like, yeah, way to go, Haley. And then he just goes, like, you look like shit. He's like, this isn't you. Yeah, this isn't even you at all in this cheerleading outfit. So why don't you wipe that shit-eating grin off your face? Because wet blankets, Luke. Wet blanket, Luke. He's a wet blanket. That's a great way to put it. He's That's why I don't like him. He's such a wet blanket, That's why I don't like him. So, this week, Lucas, fuck you, you piece of shit. He basically, to use your metaphor, she's about to go do her stand-up comedy, and he's like, wow, you're really going to do that? You're not even fucking funny. That routine that you just like... This isn't you. I heard a snippet of that routine in the green room, and guess who wasn't laughing at all? 
Me. This guy. I wasn't. Lucas. Lucas Snow, the bastard child from That's a good That's Trigo. a good pickup by you, because that flew under my radar, but what a dick. Such a dick. So with that, Lucas, be free and explore. Fuck you. Brought to you by Wood Glowware. Should we go to the cheerleading competition? Wrap this pod up with a little cheer? Um, might as well. Uh, well. Before we do it, can we talk about who scouts the other team's cheerleading routine and yeah. like basically hangs out with the cheerleaders the entire episode while the guys are just peeing in ice I, machines and yeah. going to strip clubs mouth 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 is starting to make a, a little bit of a name for himself they're giving him some shots he's, schwan's giving him some shots and i don't like it yeah is he's not funny enough to be the comic relief no so i, I don't know what he just makes me uncomfortable when he's on the screen he's too pathetic like yeah i if i'm i need a seth cohen vibe if you're giving me a guy who's like kind of a nerd or whatever at least give me a guy who maybe he's like over five three and he can be turned into like a charming endearing kind of character mouth is all of five two and a half and no matter what you do to him he's never going to be that endearing he's always going to be the fucking nerd Trying to get laughs. Yeah. Well, he so he goes away to... He, Brooke gives him a scouting mission. She said, can you see what the other team's doing for their routine? He goes above and beyond, so full credit to him. He basically learns their entire routine and performs their dance full on. Yeah. I think he does like a cartwheel or maybe a backflip. Yeah. He's like legitimately good at their dance. Well, he doesn't. They, they, yeah, the they camera... Double, zooms out. <laughs> the camera zooms out <laughs> and a completely different human being does a backflip and then <laughs> they close back in on his face when he lands. But it's this weird thing where um, the whole entire episode, like he is hanging out with 20 cheerleaders. Yeah. And they're just like, there's an episode or there's a scene where like he's in the hot tub with them and it's just uncomfortable. Yeah. Because clearly they're just repulsed by him. Yeah. To the point where... Like, you would think in most of these teen shows, it's like, oh, maybe he'll get, like, one of these will take an interest in him. And it's just like, nah, he's just too lame. In reality, all that really happens here is that when Mouth, it comes out afterwards that when Mouth goes and, like, scouts the cheerleaders that he was actually, like, video recording them in the bathroom getting changed and getting naked. (laughs) And so, like, that's just how it goes in real life is the creepy little funny kid, like, just ends up going to jail because he was, like, peeping Tom on a bunch of high school girls. Yeah. Yeah, Mouth's definitely going to jail. Like, in real life, he's going to jail. In real life, he's also the guy that gets mad at, like, one of the girls because they don't like him. Oh, yeah. And takes it out on her in some weird way. Now, we're not saying that Mouth didn't have great dance routine. Great dance skills. Like, yeah, he cheered his ass off, and he did learn the the rival squad's, uh, like, cheer dance routine and stuff. So, like, kudos to him. But as soon as that cheer competition's over, he's going to jail. Jail. Jail for sure. Um, Okay, so let's quickly go into that cheer competition. So, I realized when I was watching this that... You know, cheerleaders are supposed to be like, oh man, dude, cheerleaders. Fuck yeah. Like, I don't have it. Like, I I don't, there's this whole like cheerleader, uh, like role playing thing, you know, like, oh yeah, I got my wife like a cheerleading outfit. I don't have that fantasy. No. I go to a lot of basketball games and like, there'll be like the, the timeout routines and all this. I'm never getting like that turned up on them. You know, it's not my thing. It's just not my jam. So I didn't have much. I didn't have no movement in my pants when I was watching these cheer competitions. No. And I wish I was. Do you know, it probably is for you that you don't like them. It's the tied white gym shoes. Yeah. You probably just don't like that look. Well, yeah. The footwear to sock combination doesn't Uh get me going. Yeah. If, if you give me a, you know, if there's some cheerleader going down, where there's like no sock action and they're just wearing like white gym shoes. I'm on board with that. You don't like the white socks that are like pushed down? Yes, yeah, scrunched white, down and it kind of white just, gym shoes. It it makes Not all legs that. look bad. If you're if you're scrunching down high socks like that, it just makes you look like you have a cankle situation. I I wonder if this is one of those public school things that we were just kind of like out of touch on, like the Letterman yeah, jacket. Maybe, yeah. I wonder if like in another world we would think Letterman jackets and cheerleaders are cool. That's a good point. Yeah, maybe we just don't have the life experience. Like, if we went through high school and there were cheerleaders always walking around in their cheer outfits, mm-hmm. maybe we would have, like, some connection to it. Yeah. Maybe. 
But anyways, they uh, they don't uh, they don't win the cheer competition. But you know what does happen is that Brooke gets the biggest participation fucking trophy of all time. They don't get fir- by the way. They don't get first, second, or third place. They literally don't even podium. Yeah. In this cheer competition, so they sucked. But Brooke still gets a trophy for best original chore- chore- choreography. Um, what the fuck is that? Isn't that just like if you had the best choreography, you'd be podi- like at least seemingly. She, like they're they're saying literally your dance was the best choreography wise like it was the best it just was not well executed so yeah. i feel like i feel like we can say brooke did a good job but the team did not execute the dance well right so it'd be like it'd be like saying great game plan horrible execution it's just weird because like you know in a basketball tournament or like in sports if you don't get first second or third I would hope to God they're not giving out trophies for like, hey, best game plan. I know you guys uh, lost every single game and you you didn't even fucking make the tournament, but you know what? Great X's and O's, great game plan. You if, get that trophy. If I was in, like, they should have just made them win. Like, what's the yeah. harm? What's or, the harm in just making them win? Who cares? Or just like, who cares? Just fucking make them win instead of making them lose and then have her get the participation trophy. Or just have them get second, and it's like, you know what? We didn't win, but you know who did win? Me, because I learned a very valuable lesson about what's important. Yeah. And it's friendships and, like, the team. Pulling all-nighter. Yeah, we, we the camaraderie with the girls. Like, we got a the A moral cheer. victory. Moral victory. Give we, them second. Give them first. Fucking, just... Who cares? Just do less. Do less, Mark Schwann. Like, the best original choreography trophy? <laughs> Fuck off with that. Done with it. Um, ends with Ravens win the game. It, uh, you know, it had to come down to, all right, Ravens are down by one. Obviously Lucas, uh, has been trained, you know, trying to train with Nathan. Uh, and so it's, they're down one and it's coming down to like, Nathan gets the ball. He's getting double teamed. What's he going to do? Is he going to try and go to the rack? Like his original game plan, or is he gonna listen to Lucas? And five, four, three, two, one. Fade away, Jay. Fade away, Jay. Fucking Twix City buckets, dude. Twix City buckets. Ravens win the game. Whitey gets his five hundredth W. <laughs> During the game, by the way, Mouth is doing his weird um, announcing the game while it's happening thing. Yeah. Did you notice his shirt? No. It says ravenshoops.com. Oh, uh, yeah. I got a fun fact about that. Oh, really? Yeah. I was going to say, because I, I tried to go to the website. It is not an active website, unfortunately. Oh. Also, tried to buy it. <laughs> I tried to, I went to put our podcast yeah, on there? I, I went to go buy it, and somebody's squatting on it, I think. It's not. It wasn't available for purchase. You had no, to like, do a couple like extra things. My fun fact then I just, is then that I gave up. My fun <laughs> fact is that it was actually used at one point. Oh really? And yeah. then they just took it. Eventually, they just took it down. I guess. But did they stop paying the ten dollar a month to GoDaddy? And <laughs> I think so. Yeah, because I read when I was like reading about fun facts or whatever, I saw that that website they pedal it a bunch of times throughout the rest of the show. And it was actually like a website for this fictional Tree Hill Ravens basketball team. It was like a One Tree Hill fan site, essentially. That the show. It's I a think, shame it's no longer live. I mean, maybe it was just whatever. I was on my phone or something, and it didn't pull up. So maybe it is in existence still. But we should, I was very disappointed. We with all this uh, swag cash that we're just flush with from our podcast, we should like offer up Mark Schwann like a sizable donation to pick up that. Domain name. Ravenshoops.com. Yeah, and we just make it our website, our podcast website. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, okay, that was it for me. Any other lingering notes? Um, I have a couple. Um, I just wanted to say, I know we're fresh off of talking about a hexagonal montage. Yeah. But this episode, not to be disappointed, ends in a pentagonal montage. So, we got a song. He's got all kinds of time. Do you like the band Fountains of Wayne? 
Yeah. That song, All Kinds of Time, is playing during this montage. So it's weird. They end with kind of two songs, and I forget what's happening. I just have... We already in my, in my notes, Yeah, I have in my notes 100 Years by Five of Fighting. Yeah. Love it. That's it. That's, that's the only thing I had. Uh, and then, but anyways, the episode ends with All Kinds of Time by Fountains of Wayne, yeah. and it's a five times montage. So okay. they are just packing. It's almost too much. The song's awesome, by the way. But they have Whitey, Happy, just kind of like out out by the school after his 500th win. <laughs> they have Keith packing up his shit and leaving the shop after he quits. He can't handle Dan anymore. Can I just say, it's pretty obvious that this Scott family is just filled with a bunch of fucking quitters. They're all quitters. All quitters. Keith has now quit, like, his job at the body shop that he owns, like, three times. Mm-hmm. Fucking quitter. And we already know Dan and Nathan quit, like, every two days, so... Yeah. Also, Keith basically um, quits on... Um, Karen. Karen. He quits on Karen. That's Karen gets mad one. at him for having one like little, you know, almost killed my son in a car crash while I was buzzed. And she gets mad at him and he just basically gives up on her. Yeah. It's let's, like, uh, let's Peyton's dad slide in. It's kind of weird because it's like, dude, you're going to stick it out for 18 years of getting no sex whatsoever. But yeah, then she all gets a little stuff. mad at you one time and then you're out. Yeah. You, what? You almost kill her son. Big deal, dude. You've just dealt with 18 years of no pussy. Yeah. Come on, Keith. <laughs> stick it out. You were so close. Anyways. Montage continues. Brooke is like looking at a picture of her, Lucas, and Peyton, and she like tears it or whatever. <laughs> that, okay, sorry, I know I keep cutting you off, but that literally was like one of the funniest <laughs> clips of all time. Usually, when you see you know an angsty teen tear up a picture, it's like, oh, I just broke up with this guy, so I'm gonna take a picture of two of us, rip it down the middle, so now I'm no longer now he's out of the picture. This one. In the picture, she's covered on both sides by Peyton and Lucas. So she's got to cut the picture twice. She rips off the left side to rip Lucas out of the picture and then rips off the right side to rip Peyton so off. Now she just got a picture of herself. <laughs> okay, back to your montage. I throw up that picture, bro. Uh, and then the next one is Lucas shooting his very first shot with a shoulder injury. I nits the pick with this, dude. This is what I was talking about. This injury... You don't just start shooting your normal shooting motion and form with this, and it's just pain that you gotta like gut it out. Play through the pain. He's at least gonna fuck his shoulder up. Um, Anyways, yeah, he hits his first shot and he just goes, That's one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then the last and final scene is Nathan moving into his apartment. Yeah. So here's my thing I get excited with these montages, obviously. When there's one song playing and all these different emotions happening to weave a tapestry of drama. Yeah. But five and six, do you think that's a little much? I mean, I think honestly four quad montage. I think a quad montage is the sweet spot. Yeah, that's the bread and butter where I think you want to live. It's not overwhelming. You keep it, you know, you get in, you get out, you have four. And then you can linger a little bit. You know, a lot of these montages, when when you're getting up into the five, six, seven range... They are quick, quick shots of people and what yeah. they're brooding about. I could have it linger a little bit. You know, maybe spend like five to ten seconds on Lucas before moving on versus just like a quick look in my montage. So I'm I'm going to keep track of it still. I'm hopeful for maybe a seven or an eight shot. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm totally with you. I think a quad montage is the sweet spot. So who's your MVP? Brooke. Brooke D. So, I know I jumped in a little bit when you were shitting on her for winning that <laughs> weird participation trophy. Yeah. Um, because I knew she was going to be my MVP and I had to defend her a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think that was just bad writing. I think yeah, the perseverance she showed, like, you got to think about what she's going through. Her boyfriend just cheated on her with her best friend. So, her world's shattered. Mm-hmm. Like, if you've ever yeah. been in a funk like something, you know, caused by something like that. Oh, like, yeah. you don't want to do anything. Yeah. But she rallies an entire team together, gets through the chicken pox thing, brings on a totally new cheerleader, pulls an all-nighter, starts an entirely new choreography thing. And what and I will, should have gotten first, but she got some weird participation trophy. It is actually a good tip for the kids because kids, when you're going through some shit like that, the best thing that you can possibly do is get your mind off of it. Yeah. So Brooke actually does that where she's like, I'm just going to go balls deep into this fucking cheer competition that usually I didn't care that much about. 
But now, because I'm trying to not think about Lucas and my best friend fucking me over, <laughs> I'm just going to go all in. So so I love that resilience. Yeah, her. good resilience. Good. And also, I'm loving the fact that she is nowhere even close to forgiving Peyton and Lucas. No, awesome. I, I wouldn't be. I'd let that grudge simmer. <laughs> I'd totally let it simmer. Guess who wouldn't get over that probably ever, actually? These two podcasters These two podcasters. podcast studio. I would never get over that. <laughs> like, it just how how would you ever get over it? If I just, like, came home one day, like, from a long day of work, and you're just here hooking up with HR and from HR... <laughs> Uh, don't think I'd ever <laughs> I, get over I, it. And I'm sitting here like, dude, 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 we're still best friends. Dude, Forgive me. Hey. We're still podcast buddies. Look. Come on. We, we look. It was a mistake. Deal. I mean, really, come on. We wanted to tell you together, too. We didn't want you to find out this way. We wanted to tell you together. Listen, we're... think about it. We're in a tough spot. I'm in a tough spot yeah. here. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can empathize with you then. Yeah. Tough spot? Tough spot. Banging my wife. <laughs> tough yeah so with that tough spot kids don't do that shit you don't do it but what you did do is you tuck on it sleep tight kids have a really good night's sleep and pat clear eyes full hearts do less kids do way less You can follow us on Instagram at Vicarious Living Podcast and listen to all of our episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. You know you found us when you see a picture of Pat and I sitting on a couple rocks overlooking the vast landscape that is Laguna Beach. Steven's there, just not picture. Steven and Elsie, both there, just not picture.